Hey guys, welcome to episode 16 of Prospect Barn. I'm Curtis Ratner. Unfortunately, Jeff will not be with us again, but we do have some guests that have agreed to come on soon, so we're very excited about that. Uh, it's going to be a really quick episode, just kind of give my preview of the Frozen Four this weekend, as well as some other recent news in hockey. Uh, Frozen Four has been a great tournament this year. I feel like every year it kind of gets overshadowed by March Madness, which is how intense March Madness is. It's must-watch TV, even if you're not a basketball fan. I'm not a basketball fan by any means, but I love March Madness every year. Now I've got the Masters coming up this weekend, so that might overshadow it a little bit. But either way, between the Masters and the Frozen Four, we're about to have a great weekend of sports. I'll, I couldn't be happier. Uh, tournament's been great so far. Uh, wild things going on from COVID, eliminating teams from contention, to Wisconsin getting upset by Bemidji State to the number one team in the nation, North Dakota, losing to Minnesota Duluth in a five-overtime game, the longest game in NCAA hockey history. Uh, it's been great. It's been jam-packed action, a bunch of great games. Couldn't have asked for much more so far, uh, except for <laughs> except for maybe all the games being played. Obviously, the COVID cancellations have been brutal. Uh, the way the Final Four sits right now is Minnesota Duluth against UMass, Minnesota State against St. Cloud State, uh, I'm sure you guys have heard by now, unfortunately, UMass is going to be out four players in their game against Minnesota Duluth, and not just any four players. Leading goal star, Carson Gusevich, uh, Jerry Harding, their third-string goalie, Henry Graham, and their starting goalie, Philip Lindbergh, who actually leads the nation in save percentage, and the Minutemen haven't lost a game with him and net since January. That's a brutal blow to them. They were, I mean, they still are a great team, but anytime you lose your starting goalie, and your leading goal scorer, that's tough. Uh, if UMass does win this game, they would all be eligible to rejoin the team Saturday in time for the national championship game pending negative COVID tests. But uh, before this news, I loved UMass to win this game. They're my pick to win it all. This is a huge blow, no doubt about it. On the other side, you have Minnesota Duluth coming off a very emotional win over North Dakota. Five overtimes, as we just mentioned. But uh, I think this UMass team rallies without probably their two most important players, and I think they just find a way to win this game. Uh, I really hope they can get all their boys back, and I think they win the national championship. That's that's the way I had it before all this news. I'm sticking with it. I'm already locked in on them at plus 350 national championship bet. Can't back out now. I still like it. I still like this team, and I think what an emotional jump to the team that would be if they were to win this game and they get those guys back for the national championship. That would be unbelievable. As for the Minnesota State and St. Cloud State game, I think Dryden McKay will be great yet again and lead the Mavericks to their first ever national championship game appearance. He's been so good for them all season. I don't want to say he's the the reason or the only reason why this team is where they are, but he's definitely a huge part of it. He's been by far their best player, and uh, I think he'll continue to be great for this upcoming game and I'll, the finals as well. Um, I do have them losing to a fully healthy Minute Maid team, though, in the championship game. Uh, that's the way I see it going down right now would be UMass over Minnesota State. Uh, again, you feel for these kids. You really hope they can come back. They've been waiting their whole life for an opportunity like this to play in the Frozen Four, potential national championship, and something like this happens. Just the world we live in with COVID right now, it's crazy. Uh, so, yeah, I wish the best for those kids. I, I hope for their sake that UMass can pull this out and uh, they'll get a chance to come back and play in that game. Uh, sticking on the college hockey topic, the Hobie Baker finalists were announced. You have Cole Caulfield from Wisconsin, Dryden McKay from Minnesota State, who we just mentioned, and Shane Pinto from North Dakota. Uh, all of them had unbelievable seasons, and by no means is this going to be easy, but I'm going with Cole Caulfield as my pick. 
I know I said that I thought he struggled in the World Juniors, and I stand by what I what he said. I don't think he had a great tournament, but he dominated in the, in the NCAA this season, and this is an NCAA award, so this World Junior performance has no effect on it. He led the nation in goals and points, 17 goals, 33 points. He was the best offensive player in college hockey, in my opinion. Uh, I said I don't want to take anything away from McKay and Pinto. They've both been great, had unbelievable seasons. I just think the way Caulfield's played this year, I'll be very surprised if it's not him. He's earned it. Uh, speaking of Cole Caulfield, him and along with a bunch of his buddies, with college hockey seasons ending for most teams, signed their ECLs recently. Cole Caulfield, obviously, with Montreal. Cam York in Philly. Matthew Boldy with Minnesota. Alex Newhook in Colorado. Both Shane Pinto and Jacob Bernard Docker in Ottawa. And David Francis in Nashville. There'll be plenty of time to talk about this next kid coming up in, for years. He's not draft eligible until 2023. I'm talking about 15-year-old Connor Bedard playing in the WHL right now for the Regina Pats. 15 years old, 26 points through his first 14 games, 10 goals, 16 assists, second in the league in points, only behind Golden Knights prospect Peyton Krebs, who I've talked about how much I love on this podcast before. The only reason I think he fell into the mid-round is because of that injury, but he's looking like it's not slowing him down at all. He looks like a great pick for Vegas. Uh, Bedard, back to him. He's got a higher point-per-game pace right now than both McDavid and Tavares did in their 15-year years of major junior. Uh, It's wild to say this kid, uh, I'm sure you guys have heard the name. If not, you will hear it a lot in the next few years because I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but he's pretty much a consensus number one for 2023, which is insane. Uh, Jeremy Swayman of the Bruins made his NHL debut, had a 40-save win over the Flyers, so congratulations to him. That was cool to see. You love seeing a guy come in and have that kind of performance in his first game. Uh, other goalie news, Thatcher Demko signed his extension to stay in Vancouver. Five years, five a year. Uh, he's been unbelievable for a Canucks team that's been very disappointing, honestly. I had pretty high hopes for this team. The team around him has not been good. Uh, there was definitely a question mark when they let Markstrom walk in the offseason and then Demko struggled early, but uh, he's proven more than to be goalie of the future. He's proven to be uh, just a, a keystone in their future. Uh, and I honestly, I think it's a team-friendly deal, too. I think he could probably have gotten more. So 5-by-5 uh, five five is a great team deal for the Canucks. They get their guy from their five years. They have such a good young core. I'm not, I'm not giving up on this team future-wise. I just think this year they've been disappointing after a very impressive uh, playoff run last year. Last thing I'm going to talk about here is the trade between the Islanders and the Devils that just went down today, actually. Uh, interesting move. I think that, you know, you knew moves were going to start happening soon. The deadline's only, what is it, four days away now. Anything has been, a, like, moves are going to start picking up. This is the first major one to really break. Uh, the New York Islanders received Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac from the New Jersey Devils in exchange for A.J. Greer, Mason Jobst, a 2021 first-round pick and a 2022 conditional fourth-round pick. Uh, I think it's safe to say Palmieri was brought in to try to replace Lee. Obviously, you can't replace the captain of that team. He's so valuable, great players in the locker room, such a leader. He's the captain. But this, I think, was as close to filling the gap left by Lee as possible, except for maybe Taylor Hall in terms of options that were out there at the deadline this year. But I said, Palmieri's 30 years old. He's a UFA. 
Once Honors Lee's contract is back on the books next year, I don't see them having money to resign Palmieri, so I think he's probably a rental. Same goes for Zajac, 35 years old, also a UFA. I have no idea what happens with him next year. He'll come in as a bottom six center, a veteran player, good locker room guy. He'll be good on draws, good on the penalty kill, stuff like that. So I've had some time to reflect on it now. I don't hate the move. I think the Islanders are legitimate contenders. I think they're the best team in that East division. Uh, the thing about a move like this, when you're giving up prospects and a, and a first-rounder specifically for two players that are UFAs that are probably not coming back, if you win the Cup, great trade. One of the best in franchise history, unbelievable job by the front office. Anything less than winning a Cup, it's a bad trade. Once those players leave, you have absolutely nothing left from that trade except for, I guess, playoff experience for your team. And I know they're not very notable prospects. I know it'll probably be a late first-round pick. But still, it's. I think the move, I don't want to say had to be done, but I do like it. I think this team has a legit chance, and when you have a legit chance, you need to go for it, and the Islanders definitely did. So overall, I do like the move. But like you said, it, 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 you can look back on it in a few years and say the pick that they would have had turns into a stud. You can be like, we gave him away and got absolutely nothing back after that one season. But that's pretty much it for this episode. I told you guys it was going to be quick. I didn't think it would be quite this quick. But uh, I'll bring you guys a trade deadline episode after that's over, and I'll recap the Frozen Four. But uh, other than that, guys, uh, have a good one, and uh, talk soon.